I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the Glory Hunters podcast. Thank you for listening. On the show today, we have Andrew Ryan and Monty Panasar playing for Luton Town and Natalie Sawyer and Nick Hancock playing for Stoke City. Welcome. Thank Everyone you. excited? Oh, Very yes. excited, man. So, so I mean, excited. You two are getting on like a house on fire. That's going to be great throughout the show. <laughs> yeah. Monty, um, looking forward to it? No. No, oh, not looking forward wow. to it. That's a shame. Natalie? Very defeatist already, oh, I feel. Already, Monty. exactly. Uh, of course, this is going to be great. It's going to be great. Really looking forward to this. Stoke v. Luton. Let's hear how it goes. <laughs> Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that aims to find the smartest celebrity fans in football. Our guests are given the chance to represent the team they've always supported, minus the signing on fee and loyalty bonus. But who will kiss the badge? Who will bite the dust? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. Now we're joined today by team captain Andrew Ryan. Is this your third appearance, Andrew? It's my third appearance, yeah. So far, uh, played two, won one, lost one. Mm. So today the balance is going to... One way or another. It's going to go one way or the other. We can't draw it. And in your team today is none other than former England cricketer and Luton Town fan Monty Panasar. Hello, Monty. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm a little bit disappointed I'm in your team. Oh, <laughs> shame. Started, oh, I wanted to be in Natalie's team. Oh, well, well. He did say that before the show started. Yeah, well, at least that's, you knew where you that's, stood. That's glory hunters. That's just how it goes. It's a tough, tough place to be. Monty, we've been in the same team this year already. We played cricket together. I'm sure you remember that. Yes, I remember that. And that good. was good fun. Yeah, it was good fun, wasn't it? Yeah, did you yeah. take any wickets that day, Monty? I didn't take I any did wickets. I did too, yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Luton Town, Monty. Yeah, we always love them. Uh, well, we as uh, sport fans have irrational behaviours. We have a local team we support and a premiership team. Oh. So my local team's Luton Town and then my premiership is Arsenal. Oh, right. So you have two teams. One of these people who has two teams. Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of fans who have two teams. Ask Nick. Nick has two teams. Yeah. Do you have, I don't think Nick has two teams. Do you, have to, you don't have two teams, do you, Nick? No. Natalie, you don't have two teams, I do you? I actually don't, no. No, Andrew, how many teams? Four. Four teams <laughs> that Andrew's well. got. So it makes up for everybody else. Yeah. I'm a one-team man myself. And you are from Luton. Is it true you used to say that you weren't from Luton? You were well, that was like younger days. That, okay. that was just a bit of tongue-in-cheek. Obviously, Luton's like done really well, um, you know, over the last couple of years, yeah. or well, last four or five years. Property prices have really gone up. How's Luton has gone up. They're going to get a new stadium in the, in the city centre. So Quite regularly voted the worst airport in the country. Well, 
It has been redeveloped. When you're, when you're going to that. Ibiza, where do, you, where do you go off? Luton, right? Well, I don't go to Ibiza, but oh, yeah, it, it's, not, it's not really my scene. <laughs> okay. I'm more into, more into a steam engine weekend away. Something like that. <laughs> or, or the canal. <laughs> exactly, a canal boat. It's more my style, Monty. You go to Ibiza, Monty? Never been. Um, I don't know where it is. Where All is right. Ibiza? I don't know, but you can get there from Luton, apparently. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> now, very active at the moment on social media. Not just at the moment, you yeah. build your own channel and all sorts there. Monty's fitness tips, Monty on politics. What can we expect in the future? Um, well, in the future, there could be like other hot topics that go on. You know, it could yeah. be a second referendum. I could be a, do a second referendum Monty's channel. second ref. Yes, second ref. That's that's got a ring to it. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. And you just walk up to people in the street, don't you, and go, "Hello, I'm Monty Bannister," and they go, "Oh, hello, Monty." And, and I'll say, "Welcome to uh, GE 2019 UK, uh, it's general election channel," and and people just talk about the general election, um, what's going on yeah. uh, with if Boris wins, you know, would it be good know for the country? It's Monty Panasar. They're talking. Yeah, they know. <laughs> they know me. Yeah. I'm sure they do. Everybody yeah. knows Monty. Everybody knows Monty. No, I know that sounded really bad. That but was I just really rude. Some people are just thinking this is really bizarre that Monty Panasar is asking me a question about the general election. Yeah, th th that's what I, I think in my mind that they'll think it's bizarre, but they think, oh wow, please, yeah, look, I want to, yeah. I want to know more. They're like, they feel really like happy about it. Can I just say, as someone who's never watched cricket in their life, but oh. I know who you are. <laughs> there we are. Like we have hurling in Ireland. You've seen hurling. Yeah. You're right. So that's cricket gone for me. Oh, right? right. We have the sticks, but we do it in a fast. We do it within 80 minutes. Like running around with a cricket. Yeah. I, and I've never really watched cricket, but I do know your name. So so there you go. That's as much of an impact that, you've Monty. had. Hey. And now right. you said you didn't you want to be. On, you said you didn't want to be on his team. You throw the ball, don't you? You throw your ball, don't well, you? Well, I still go with that statement. <laughs> you throw your ball. <laughs> because because I think baller, that is yeah. so much more fun. Uh, well, she did just say fun to be with. She did just say to people not to people, to people not find it weird when he's you like the Irish rugby team at the moment. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Tell you what, it's, a, it's an interesting episode of Do you know what? I cannot wait already. for Brexit to happen. Right? <laughs> so I do not have. I can go home. I just want to go home. Andrew, have you ever been to Luton? Do you fly? Do you fly? I to live in St Albans. Yeah. Which is, I'm two stops from Luton, and I'm flying today to Ireland from Heathrow. See you later, mate. Right. But you know what? Like, I, I, I was googling around trying to buy places in the UK, and I went to Luton because St Albans is really yeah. expensive, and I googled how much I could buy in Luton. Guess, guess what I can buy in a house in Luton? I can. Actually Actually, by all of Luton. Right? <laughs> wow. That's how cheap it is over there, mate. Thank you, Andrew and Monty. Now, our other team is led, as ever, by sports broadcasting superhero <laughs> Natalie Sawyer. Really? 13th episode, Natalie. Oh, lucky for some. Hopefully, it's not unlucky for us. Alongside you is presenter and Stoke City fan. So, this season, probably in a mood as it's Sunday morning. It's I'm, Nick Hancock. I'm always in a mood of one description <laughs> oh, or really? another. Yeah. Oh, a bad mood, I meant. Not, <laughs> ah, right, not, right, not yeah, a good yeah. season so yeah, far, no, Nick. No, not, not good. But, you know, it's, it's character building for the youngsters because I've seen Stoke be rubbish loads of times. <laughs> but for my son, it's his first real taste of what being a proper fan is about. Yeah. And so I approve of it. You mean, you, you are sort of the, the face of Stoke City, aren't you? you? You've been their most famous fan for a long time, I would suggest. Um... That's an interesting statement. <laughs> and I think Jeremy Bates is going to be very upset. Who? Ten, what, top tennis player Jeremy oh, Bates? Former British, former British number one. I reckon we'd choose you in a lineup over Jeremy Bates. <laughs> I wonder, wonder how I would be in a lineup with Jeremy Bates. <laughs> what do you mean we would have done? Good Lord. Wow. Now, you do love Stoke City. I do. You, I've been told you have some very, very interesting memorabilia. 
in the sense that any memorabilia can be interesting, I have got some quite interesting stuff, yeah. Which I, I bought all of it when I had a job and no children. But okay. now I don't have a job and I've got children, so I'm selling it all again oh, right. now. <laughs> yeah. Slowly, what, slowly. What was so interesting then? Well, I had, I tell you what I did have. I had Stanley Matthews' 1953 FA Cup winner's medal. Oh, oh my amazing. God, amazing. Yeah, that was quite good. doesn't get much better than that, does it? Uh, no, not for Stan. It doesn't. No, no. no. He uh, he never won another one. So uh, yeah, uh, big cricket fan as well. Love my cricket. Uh, love my cricket. It's a privilege to be sitting opposite Monty Panesar. Yes, fantastic. Yeah. Do you play cricket? After a fashion. Mm. After a fashion. Yes, I do. You play. Yeah. Re- you play regularly. Yeah, yeah, quite regularly. Who for? I played for um, a village near, okay. near where I live. And Lovely. A place called Audlem. I used to play for war, but I got transferred oh, right, last okay. summer. Yeah. Um, it's a terribly low standard. Okay. Yeah. It's. Uh, Put it this way, it's the sort of team where it, at the end of season dinner we have an award for best catch taken whilst smoking a cigarette. Oh, very nice. So, and it's never oh. not been won. So oh. that's the sort of standard level. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Right now, it's time for this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. Natalie and Nick, you are going to go first. This isn't about medals on the table. This is an exercise in winning hearts and minds. Nick Hancock, will you please tell us why Stoke City are a bigger club than Luton Town? Oh, well, I'd like to say first and foremost, and I have a great deal of respect for Luton Town, I went to the final that they won against Arsenal and one of my very dearest friends used to support Luton. So I don't want to say anything too uh, unpleasant about Luton. In fact, in many ways, I've always thought of them as being the Oldham of the South. (laughs) And uh, so uh, the reason that I'm going to give you for my club being bigger than your club is, and this may be controversial, but it is definitely true, um, that God supports Stoke. (laughs) I know this because he sits behind me. (laughs) And uh, he seems to know everything, which made me think he could be God. He (laughs) is omniscient. He's always at the away games, so therefore he's omnipresent. Yes. And I can only guess that he's also omnipotent. And those are the three words that define God in many, (laughs) many ways. And sometimes he brings his son with him. Which is lovely, isn't it? So I think, can there be? If you were God, you would only pick the best team to support. And therefore, God is a Stoke fan. Therefore, Stoke is the best team. Well, it was an excellent answer, Nick. Thank you very much. Monty Panesar, could you please tell us why Luton Town is bigger than Stoke City? Well, first reason is that we're above above them in the league. And second reason is they've taken our manager and uh, he hasn't done a great job. And third reason is I think Nick's an atheist because where is God? You know, if God was with Stoke, he's relegated them. He's going to put them in the next division. And the, th- and the other reason is, well, we, we had, in 2009, we had like these major penalty points, uh, administration, you know, we were in the non-league. And in four or five years, we've like won. If we get promoted this year, we could be in the premiership. Yeah. And, you know, that'd be a great sight for me to, you know, being a irrational sort of behaviours of, well, cricket supporters that we have. Half Arsenal shirt, half loot and shirt mm-hmm. in the premiership. You know, I can, I'll can. i be the only one who'd be saluting that, you know, we as football fans have irrational behaviours. We yeah. support a local team and a premiership team, and that could be in the premiership. My local team and Arsenal in the premiership. That's my dream. There we are, and that's your answer, is it? Oh, it was all going so well, Monty, uh, until you said the half and half shirt, which is, uh, I can't think of anything bo- worse. Bo- 
The combination was so badly, so awful that when I mean the half and half scarf, I can understand that as a souvenir, but no. a half and half shirt, there can't be anything worse than that. So Nick, I'm going to give you five goals. I enjoyed your answer immensely. It was very funny, and I'm going to give you one goal, Monty, oh. because it, you were doing so well until the half and half shirt, which made you lose nearly all of them. So there we are. So the scores at the end of that round are Luton Town three, Stoke City five. Now, those familiar with the punditry of Ali McCoist will know that it often borders on the pure poetic. It follows in the tradition of a long line of Highland bards such as Robbie Burns and the Proclaimers. However, the same can't be said for a number of others in this field who have been known to trip up whilst attempting to wax lyrical. Now, here's Ali with a few examples of what we mean. All you have to do, teams, is tell me who said it first. Losing teams go first, which is currently Luton on three goals. So could you tell me who said this? Sandro's holding his face. You can tell from that it's a knee injury. There we are. <laughs> Was that Dion Dublin, Danny Murphy or Garth Crooks? Monty, I, uh, I'm i going to hand this one to you there through to previous, my previous uh, guessing Mm. Well, I'm thinking none of them are Scottish. Holmes and Dion Dublin hammer. comes to mind. <laughs> Dion Dublin, yeah, yeah, because because he know. played. Yeah, I would say Dion Dublin, yeah, because yeah, he he knows. Yeah, he does Holmes under the hammer as well, doesn't he? Yeah, and you know he's he's good at presenting sort of house yeah. house programs. House programs, yeah. So, <laughs> so, we're, so he we're knows all about on that, it. are we? Yeah. He knows all about yeah boat, bricks boat and water. Just be that amazing <laughs> spaces bloke. You know? Yeah, amazing spaces. Yeah, it's between Danny and Dion. And Dion's got the homes under the hammer. Dion's got homes under the hammer. I think I can see you on that, Monty. Homes under the hammer with Monty Panasar. Yeah. Have, have, have you got an interesting property? Um, how to convert your loft. Lovely. Loft conversions. Loft conversions um, with Monty Panasar. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Would it just Someone be in the, would it, it writes itself. <laughs> that does. Would it just be in the Luton no, area? If you need a lo loft conversion, I'm happy to come and report <laughs> it. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely V-Lux in here. Lovely board this out. Yeah, yeah. It'd be lovely, wouldn't yeah, it, Monty? Yeah. Lovely. Anyway, let's have the answer to the quiz. I think because of Dion Dublin and he's good at uh, Homes Under the Hammer. Hammer, we'll go with Dion Dublin. You've gone Dion Dublin. It is Dion Dublin! Yes! There he is! Well done, Monty. Scored one there. The Another Hammer. six to the boundary there. England and Ireland cricket team coming together. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't don't get too excited because yes. you know that Monty secretly wants to be on another team. Yeah, he secretly wants to be on Natalie's he's got team. Half Basically, half I am Jose Mourinho and he's my Paul Pogba. <laughs> <laughs> here we go then. Natalie and Nick, here it comes. I look forward to hearing from the silent majority. Look forward to hearing from the silent majority. Was that Martin Keown, Alex McLeish, or Robbie Savage? No property programme presenters in that little lineup there. Oh, no. And, so, and of course, you can hear from the silent majority because they can write you a letter. Yeah. Oh, really? So that uh, can be silent, can it? Yes. Stupid, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm just putting that out there. Very clever man, oh. Nick. I feel like you're wasted on Glory Hunters. <laughs> Martin Keown, Alex McLeish, or Robbie Savage? Would you have a loft ladder, Monty, in your, in, yeah, with the savage. loft conversions? Would you recommend that? Or would you have permanent stairs? That's why they discussed. Yeah. Listeners won't want to hear what we're <laughs> talking about. Like, if, if, you, if there's a young family, then I'll definitely have like a staircase. Yeah. But if, you, if you're just a couple, yeah. then uh, I can it's see cheaper. The, you know, it's exactly. a budget. It's, it's cost right. effective. Yeah, and you're, yeah. you're unlocking that hidden money, aren't you? Really? Money, many, yeah. many ways. Yeah. In the... Well, I'm going to come to him and give you a loft conversion. There we are. I don't think the people in the flat above would be very happy about it. <laughs> you can have a go. Um, you do basements as well, perhaps. Perhaps you can look at that as well. well, well yeah, we do, on yeah, Let's we just do, do the yeah. quiz. Let's just do the quiz. 
is. Uh, what are we going for? Martin Keown, Alex <laughs> McLean. We've gone for anything. We've been Roberts. talking about blinking <laughs> lock conversions. <laughs> Will it get shown? Oh, I bet Natalie's got I bet you've had a lock conversion. No. You, Never. Oh, no. You've got a, you bet you've got a basement cinema. <laughs> You're that sort of person. I've got a flat, Nick. Yeah, Natalie's oh. got a lovely flat. Has she? Yeah, oh, wow. beautiful flat. Is it? Lovely Monty. layout. Well, well, Did you do it? Say. Hang on a minute. <laughs> yes. Hold on a second. What's going on yeah. here? <laughs> Can we answer the Monty, question? Explain this, Monty. We were at a charity event not so long ago, and oh, right. a group and of people these came. These things happen, don't yeah. If we tried, and very the, long. The story. party was back. Tried to go to a bar, couldn't get into the bar, so I was like, "Come on, let's all go back." Tomorrow. Back to Natalie's. Yeah, oh, great. So you yeah. do this a lot? Yeah. Sure. Fantastic. Today. Oh, great. Today. <laughs> never been invited. Done 13, never been, never done 13 episodes of this so far, oh, yeah. Andrew. Not invited once. There, anyway, there we are. I look forward to Martin Keown, Alex McLeish, oh. or Robbie Savage. Who well, got invited back to Natalie's you, you for a think, party? Well, you think it's Robbie Savage? I just think it. Robbie Savage might have said it like in a phone-in type thing. I, I can't imagine him using the phrase silent majority. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Um, I think, well, look, it's got to be somebody who is very unpopular but thinks that they're secretly <laughs> very popular and it's just that it's the it's the naysayers that speak the loudest but out there there's going to be a group of people yes, that love me. me and, and alex mcleish is alex mcleish is a fiercely oh, unpopular man yes. in, in andy, andy going on andrew's reasoning he is scottish and he's ah. scottish well that must, him, there's got to be a scottish <laughs> person in this one so let's go with alex, alex mcleish the answer is alex mcleish <laughs> <laughs> now at this point i want to throw off the shackles of convention and incur the wrath of all decent thinking people as we enter the round known as Sporting Heretics. Yes, yeah, Sporting Heretics. I'm going to invite each of our panel to deliver a piece of pure sporting blasphemy, an idea, suggestion or theory pinned upon the oak door of Sports Cathedral that's likely to horrify purists and spark a revolution. However, you're free to express your thoughts here however challenging or disagreeable they may be. In fact, the more radical you are, the more you are likely to score. There we are. Monty, we're going to start with you. And it's going to be this. Football should be the same length as a test match. Five days. Yeah, I, I agree with that because I reckon that if it feels like Arsenal playing against Man United, the first day we would have the first team playing, second day we have the second team playing, third day we have the under-21s, then we have the under-16s oh on the fourth goodness. day, and then the fifth day... Um, we'll have like the under a legends, a legends yeah. game, legends uh, game. Yeah, like a legends game or like um, yeah, yeah. Or women, women's football. There you go. Oh, oh the women's team, yeah, of course. Yeah, women's yeah, yeah, team yeah, sure. as well on the um, fifth day. So you know we've got to get everyone in there, and yeah. uh, then whoever wins all of them games, we know which is a stronger club. Absolutely brilliant, Monty. In fact, I think you've radically changed football in my head, Monty, for the better. And could I we have a, a, a T20 match as well? A T20 <laughs> match just was like, just like 20 five minutes. Size. Five aside. Half, half the football pitch. So it's, it's, I mean, it's a, you've really thought this through. It's a brilliant answer. I'm going to give you four goals, Monty. Oh, Fantastic. Well done. Natalie, you're going to solve Brexit with a football match. How are you going to do that? I think we're all sick of talking about Brexit, aren't mm. we? I mean, it's obviously ongoing. What do you mean? Mm. I don't mind talking well, about Monty it. obviously loves it. But anyway, um, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all the haggling, all the discussion. And I'm lost anyway with what's happening with Brexit. But why don't we have two teams consisting of professionals that we know support, either leave or remain. And we'll have two managers that are the same. So you'd have Neil Warnock for leave, David Beckham for remain. It would resolve all the issues that Britain is going through right now. It would be a big sporting event, a huge 
hit on TV as well. Let's think of the global audience because everyone would love to know because the actual state of the country will depend on the result as well. So in the past few years, if anything has taught us, we don't do politics very well, but we do do football all right. So why don't we just leave it to our footballers to come up with the decision on Brexit? Because at the end of the day, football should come to the rescue. There we are, come to the rescue. Because the first half be 48 minutes. Yes, Second half that's be 52 fine. minutes. That's, that's how, how it works. We could work that out. Yeah. Um, how would it go to penalties? Would it be? It can't. It has to just be. Uh, unlock the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> and then after the game, whoever wins gets to go back to Natalie's for a party. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and there's a, you know, there's a beautiful cyclical uh, thing about it because when we joined the EU, they had a football match. They had the three versus the six, oh. which was Ireland, Denmark, and Great Britain. Uh, against all the other uh, European nations. So it's, it's a perfect way that we were welcomed in with a football match and we can go off. Natalie, it's a great idea. I don't think it will solve it, but it's a lovely <laughs> idea. And, it, and, you, and you had a good go at trying to I solve tried. it for us. But So three goals. I'm going to give you three goals. Andrew Ryan, mixed sex football teams. That's what it says here. Yeah, I think we should scrap the Women's League. I've been, I've been watching it for the last year and a half and I think it's about time football now has joined up and men and women's teams in the Premiership. So Man United can have Paul Pogba playing against another central midfielder who is female. So we bring it all completely in line, sponsorship, wages, the whole lot. But we do that to make sure that it's equality across the board Okay, and you're allowed to tackle harder. Yeah. <laughs> is it still 11 players? Um, yeah, it depends. it's not equal, is it? So are you, are you saying no, it's still 11 players, players or 12 There's players? There's a row, it's 6 and 5, 6 and 5, 6 and 5. Yeah. So you could do like, you could just do every second game would be a male goalkeeper, female mm. goalkeeper. The lines men and lines women have to be equal gender. I absolutely hate the idea, Andrew. That's the idea. This round, isn't it? <laughs> I absolutely hate the idea. I think it's terrible. I think the mistake people make with women's football is to compare it to the men's game when it's just a different game, you know. It is. Yeah, game, that's, so. that's the whole idea of making yeah, you hate I absolutely it. hate the, the answer, points, yeah. Andrew. No, no, it's, it's out of five and I'm going to give you five That's yes. the point. Oh, oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Nick Hancock, I have nothing written down for no. you here. Are you going to surprise us with something? Well, it seems to me to be completely pointless doing anything at all about uh, the heretical nature of sport <laughs> when I'm sitting opposite a man who supports two football teams. <laughs> he supports Luton and he supports Arsenal. And no, not only that, he tells people. <laughs> he quite happily said it out loud. Yeah, he wants half. Anyway, no, the thing I'd like to do, I would like to sack every single physiotherapist attached to a football club tomorrow mm -hmm. and then I would like to bring in neutral physiotherapists Ooh, okay. okay and these neutral physiotherapists would be trained up by the football league or whoever uh, obviously very very well qualified uh, they would uh, be able to uh, go onto the pitch and assess whether the player is actually really injured or not and would be allowed a yellow and a red card and can book them if they are not really injured or indeed can send them off if they are not uh, really injured. I'm, I'm envisaging them having some sort of tricorder, which, you know, like they have in, in, in Star Trek, so they can find that yeah. out. And then if they say what their injury is and it isn't real, then for the next game, 
they have to be given that injury. <laughs> so if they say they've got a bad knee or whatever, yeah, yeah. then someone has to come up just before the next game and hit it with a hammer. A small hammer. A small yeah, hammer. Yeah. Not the one that makes your leg well, go rub, up. Well, well, rubber, yeah. A rubber mallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and this, this is my idea for um, getting rid of the uh, ridiculous amount of time-wasting and, and frippery and nonsense. Nick Hancock, so, this is an absolutely superb answer. Which is, I'm gonna, I was going to say it's bad news for you in this round, but I think you've changed football for the better, which I always look for in this, in this round as well. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant idea. Nick, I'm going to give you five goals. Congratulations. So at the end of that excellent round, the scores are Luton 13, Stoke 15. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Subscribe. You don't want to miss out on any of this magic. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here on Glory Hunters, we believe in probing in areas other shows may shy away from. And that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to face the scrutiny of the general public and have absolutely no idea what they'll ask as we play A Question of Sport Time. first question please hello i'd like to ask the panel what do they think is the most boring thing about sport what do you think is the most boring thing about sport monty panasar the most boring thing about sport is every time the ref has to blow a whistle when there's a tackle why can't it just be a free fall like in a rugby match when they have scrums and <laughs> each other start fighting we all love a scrap don't we so you just like it no referee at all just just all bets are off yeah and have a good old scrap 
think it's not a bad idea. I'm going to give you two goals. Andrew Ryan. Most boring thing about sport is football fans complaining every season of the same things. Oh, the players get paid too much. You're turning up and you haven't paid their wages. Oh, you know, the tickets are too expensive. You're still paying for them. Oh, you know, uh, that footballer costs 60 million. He's not worth 60 million. The player doesn't decide his own wages. So football fans are complaining all the time about football and what's wrong with it. Yet they don't do anything to fix what they're complaining about. Therefore, it's boring. I'm sick of it. You're causing your own problems. If you don't like it, don't go. Empty stadiums, there'll be changes. So that to me is just the same complaints every year. I'm bored of it. Unfortunately, you're at TalkSport and the whole station is built on all those things <laughs> that you just brought up. Yeah. Without all those complaints, we sort of have nothing to talk about all day. Oh, so, I understand that, yeah. And, and so and to, in the bid to try and keep my job, I'm going to give you no goals. Bad luck, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> Natalie, what's the most boring thing about sport? Oh, do you know what it is? People keeping fit. Oh. Okay. I know that's part of Sport. Yeah, it's part of it, yeah. We, um, and that's a positive thing, isn't it, that, That's great, but I don't need to see it on Instagram all oh. the time about people being in the gym, working out. I'm not massively into working out, oh. so maybe that's partly why I don't like <laughs> it. But I just think, I don't need to know that you're in the gym yet again with your lovely svelte body and oh. all this. I just don't need to know it. He's not, just don't look at my Instagram then, Natalie. Well... <laughs> And can you not bring up my lovely spelt body? Oh, I find it the most frustrating thing. Yeah. I just think it's a bit Gym balls, it's boring. Just do the gym or go for a or run. Keep it to don't yourself. yourself. I agree with you, Natalie. I, I agree. I'm going to give you five odd. goals for that, Natalie. I think it is goals. super boring. How five goals for that? Nick Hancock. Not point. being able to smoke at the ground. I, yes. I grew up smoking football. It's part of the experience. Bring back smoking. Yes, more smoking. More. Not vaping. Lords, I had to join the MCC to be able to smoke because there are four seats in the pavilion where you can smoke. There really? are only four seats in the whole of the ground, but you can smoke there. Okay. 25 years I had to wait to be able to smoke at Lords. The cricket. Yes, it's not blinking good enough it's not quite cricket. honestly it's not cricket i like the answer but in interest of the the health of the nation i'm going to only give you three i'm going to give you three goals nick hancock you did very very well very very good you got Two. points for smoke you did indeed <laughs> can we have our next question please hello i'd like to ask which sporting fixture they have been most nervous about which sporting fixture have they been most nervous about andrew ryan the sporting fixture I'm most nervous about is the opening fixture of the season for your club because that outlines the next nine months of your mood and your excitement. You spend all summer, 12 weeks, watching transfers, players mm. coming in, managerial changes. The disastrous previous season has been gone. You now have new hope. There is new light. You see the pre-season games. They're winning 4-5-0 against weaker teams. You think, finally, this is going to be our year. And in the first game of the season, that 90 minutes will tell you what you're more than likely going to get that season. And if it goes bad, by the time October comes, you just want to get through Christmas and then you want to get to pre-season again. So the, the most nervous fixture for me is the opening day because that sets out your mood for the nine months. It was a beautiful answer, beautifully said, Andrew. I'm going to give you four goals for it. You need to do what I do. So I say the season doesn't start until the clocks go back. Everything, right. everything until then is just pre-season. Like a hand, it's like a handicap system, but in football. That's how you, that's so now, so now the clocks go back. You think now they're now they're off. Ten games, ten first ten games of pre-season. Exactly. So it, it's got, it gets cold, it gets dark. Yes. You're unbeaten. You're unbeaten this season. It's a good, it's a good idea. I'll give myself some goals, Natalie. Oh gosh, uh, I, I'm thinking one fixture in particular when Brentford took on Doncaster in the final League One game of the season at Griffin Park, and it was a winner-takes-all match. And I'm 
specifically focusing on the penalty in the 90th minute yes. that Brentford were awarded. Mm. It happens very rarely, but there was a round the pitch as to who was going to take that penalty. It was meant to be Kevin O'Connor, but for some reason, Brentford's Marcelo Trosser wanted to take it. I guess he wanted the glory. He took the penalty, hit the crossbar. Doncaster picked up the ball, ran down the other end and scored, which meant they went up automatically and we had to be in the playoffs. For that 90th, in that 90th minute, that was when I was the most nervous. But equally, I actually thought, this is it. We are going up because we're going to score this penalty. We're going to win and we are going to get promoted. I loved that when I saw that. Oh, it was absolutely great drama. brilliant. As a, mm. as a, great when I was as there. not a Brentford fan, yeah. it was a brilliant, brilliant moment. It was. Um, but once again, you talked about Brentford, and um, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. I'm not going to get nervous about anything else. It's always going to be about Brentford. That's true, Natalie. I'm going to give you four goals for Thank once again you. bringing up Brentford. <laughs> Nick Hancock. Okay, for me, well, it wasn't a Stoke match. It was a match in the World Cup in 1998, and it was Iran versus the USA. And I was doing a documentary with the Iranian team, and I've been with them for months and months and months. And it's a massive, massive game. And my wife's Iranian, and all of her family came over the game, and it was just, just so, so, so tense. And the ground was full, not totally, of Mujahideen, who were there to not support Iran, who were there to make things bad for the people Amazing. who were supporting Iran. So it was quite, quite tense, but Iran won and it was fantastic. And they did a really good thing at the beginning. When instead of just handing pennants out, they had a whole pile of presents to give to the American team. <laughs> and they kept giving them more and more and more and more presents. Like this. So it was like the end of a Cracker Jack. And they were all <laughs> carrying all this stuff. And then the Iranian stopped giving the present, went off and started warming up. And all the <laughs> Americans had to, had to wander <laughs> off the pitch. Great bit of management. You can't complain about people giving you presents. That's a great thing about it. Anyway, it was very nervous. And Iran won and I was really, really, really happy but I was a little bit nervous before that is a fantastic answer it was it was entertaining and a history lesson in one fantastic <laughs> I'm going to give you five goals Nick very very good indeed Monty Panasar what sporting fixture have you been most nervous about you might as well just give the medal to Nick you might as well, you're giving him five goals every time he opens that's, that, his, he that's opens, a professional sportsman he opens his you. mouth and he gets five yeah. goals you think that's how it works do you yeah oh, I think that's how, that's how you're taking that's how, you, that's how you're marking him at the uh, moment that's how you start yeah. giving good answers Monty you might want to get on with it and give us a good answer I, I get nervous every Saturday when Luton and Town are playing mm-hmm. because I want them to get promoted in the Premiership and also I present a radio show on Saturday so I'm always looking at the scores as I'm you know doing my radio show and um, I get nervous um, between four and five o'clock. That period of time, I want you know Luton to win, and um, I'm always sort of like checking the scores and, and doing my show. What's the most nervous you've ever been as a cricketer? When I have to take a catch. Yes, that okay. moment. That moment. Yeah. So talk us through that moment. So there was a moment in uh, Mumbai, Wankhede Stadium. It goes in the air and it goes through this you know there's it's gone there sky yeah sky yeah, and it's like yeah it was blue when i looked up but it didn't look blue when the ball was up i was seeing something else yeah. and it was like um went through the sun and i completely lost it and yeah. i was like i was like and i'm hoping it's not it's going to land somewhere else completely wherever it was and i stood there 10 meters over there and it landed between me and jimmy anderson so that was a, a real embarrassing and, and, and a nervous moment what's for me. the best catch you ever did take two balls later um you know don't hit it again and I think like all my teammates was like Freddie and everyone were just not even looking at it, just laughing. They think he's going to drop it again, and I was just holding on to it and I was just closing my eyes, thinking it's 
Has it landed? Oh, yeah, it's landed. And, and does time kept... slow down in that in that moment? Do you do you start to yeah. see your whole life flash before your eyes? Yeah, everything like kind of slows down, and you kind of think to yourself, um, "Am I going to catch it? What yeah. what what am I going to do?" Um, and luckily, yeah, I caught it. So two balls before I was zero, two balls later I became a hero. It's a brilliant answer, and I'm going to give you five goals for that, Monty, because you gave us. Oh, that's oh, just patronising. You gave, you gave us a, actually, you gave us two answers. You did ask for six, so I'm now okay. going to give you four goals. Oh, so, I mean, you, you, did your, you did yourself in there. Monty. The first thing I'm going to Google when I get out of here is those catches. Those catches, yeah, yeah it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> this is the podcast of Glory Hunters from TalkSport. Luton in the form of Andrew Ryan and Monty Panesar have 24 goals and Stoke, represented by Nick Hancock and Natalie Sawyer, have 33. It's time now, however, for our two team captains to step up to the plate and argue either for or against a motion that I propose. I remain entirely neutral despite what people say as they fight it out before me. And the motion up for debate today is this house believes the Premier League is poorer without Jose Mourinho. Arguing for that motion is Natalie. Mm-hmm. Arguing against is Andrew. You each have 30 seconds. Natalie, the floor is yours. How can you not want a serial winner like Jose Mourinho in the Premier League? He has won trophies wherever he has gone. And what is the reason he's not liked? Because he's honest? Because he's controversial? Because his style might be a little pragmatic? Uh, his desire to win at all costs highlights the lack of ambition and spirit, perhaps, in others. We talk about there being a lack of characters in football these days. That football has become sterilised. Well, you don't get that with Jose. We should be embracing how unique he is. He adds a dash of colour and unpredictability to the game, and he doesn't conform to the norm. It might be selfish on my part but he is a gift to the media he is always quotable most press conferences interviews are pretty dull but with Mourinho even when he says nothing it is quite a story if we want the Premier League to be celebrated around the world he does that rightly or wrongly in fact he is essentially an ambassador for the Premier League in the coverage and column inches around the world that he attracts Andrew Ryan tell us Jose Mourinho to me is what Conor McGregor is to MMA he's arrived he's loud he was arrogant he won a few trophies but after a bit of time people are just completely sick of him right he's won 25 trophies in his career he's the only manager in world football that's spent over a billion pounds now I'm not being funny but I could win 25 trophies (laughs) if I spent over a billion pounds you're saying is the Premier League poor without him they're actually richer because he's not spending a a lot of money right People say that he's box office. Every time I see him, he looks like he's either coming from trouble or he's going to trouble, (laughs) right? For me, he's a tried and tested manager with a particular style. He arrives at a club that's pretty big. He went to Chelsea, blank check, fell out with the owner. Went to Inter Milan, won a few trophies, blank check, fell out with the owner. Went to Real Madrid, blank check again, fell out with the owner. Came to Manchester United, didn't have a blank check, still fell out with the owner, right? He does exactly the same thing in every club that you're going to get. He comes in, he's like tonsillitis. It just pops up every (laughs) six months. You think you got away with it for a while and then the trouble comes, right? As far as I can see, his negative football depresses me. His negative tone, he's got more sponsorship deals for his clothing than Manchester United do on their own clothes, on their own jerseys. And not only that, in 2007, he was arrested by police. Did you know about this? Little fun fact that his dog wasn't put through the correct quarantine procedures when he was coming over to live in London. So, as far as I can see, he's all about himself, his football is dull, he's a journeyman manager, 
and I'm sick of them. It's time now to give these new people a go, put them back on television, leave them off. Well, he really went in two feet. I mean, he's it? just talking from the Man United perspective, though, isn't <laughs> he? It was Let's Man United. Yeah, exactly. But I like it. I never forgotten for a minute there that he was a Man United fan. Yeah, that you see. You're right to bring They're that up. Not impartial you in didn't any like way. him. It felt personal. It I didn't just feel... never liked the guy. But you did it... have stats to back it up, and I like the amount of research you've done to bring up his dog, in, in, his dog in quarantine was really, really good. Yeah. Natalie, that was the sort of, I think that's the sort of research we needed. I'm going to give Andrew the points. I'm going to give Andrew the points. He's got the three points there. Sorry, Natalie. Quite that's right. how it is. Oh, look at that. A high hey. five, eh? All their friends you now. Lucky you didn't drop that. <laughs> hey. So that Sorry makes now. the scores. Luton Town 27, <laughs> Stoke City 33. Monty, what do you think of Mourinho? Look, I've I can't heard, even say his name. I struggle with his name. Yeah, I've heard that he's going to take over Arsenal, which I think would be a great signing oh, because yeah. he should then show Arsene Wenger that he was the better manager. And that's all the opportunity on an Arsenal platform. And which I, and which I know half this, of his name would you have on, on your half and half shirt? Um, it would be the M, obviously. Yeah. And um, cut it in half and then have Wenger, the other one. <laughs> very, very nice. Now, what age did you start playing cricket, Monty? I was 10 when I started playing cricket and uh, I wanted to be like Wazzy Macram. you not played any cricket before you were 10? No, no, not before 10. I wanted to be like Wazzy Macram, that famous uh, 92 World Cup when he uh, got Chris Lewis and Anna Lamb out yeah. twice and I wanted to be like him. But unfortunately, couldn't get quicker in pace. And then at the age of 15, uh, Paul Taylor, the North Ants cricket coach, who was a player then, just told me, why don't you try spin? And I tried that and then I haven't... And did never, it come pretty liked. quickly? Did, yeah, it's yeah. very, very natural for me then. Very natural. And then I'm assuming you're accelerated how, how well you did from then on. Yeah, I just bowled all day, practiced bowling. Um, and obviously it was quite evident when I played for England that uh, fielding wasn't my strength and bowling was. So I wish I did more sort of training and fielding and batting as well. Yeah, Nick, if you could have played for England at football or scored a test century you, you seem at to be Lords. suggesting there that I couldn't have played football. I was just saying, if you, if, you, if you could have scored, let's say, a goal at Wembley for England yeah. or a test century at Lords, which would you take? Cricket. Would you take the cricket yeah, all day, would you? Every single time. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, yeah. It lasts longer, apart from anything yeah. else. So the glories, it's shared out. Yeah, definitely cricket. Does it relax you as well as invigorate you, the, watching cricket and playing cricket? Yes, it both relaxes and invigorates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. it does. That's a beautiful. Because I always put. think the the, the the five day thing is so. There's something about the rhythm of it that is. It's looking after men's mental health. It's, really, even, it's even more than that, though, isn't it? Because you've got a, you've got a five test series. It's not just five days. It's a it's a whole summer, and there's lots of yeah. little stories in between of players dominating other players, all of this sort of thing. You, you don't have to listen to this, by the way. No, it's <laughs> okay. I'm learning. <laughs> But that's what I love. It's a, it's, a, it's a soap opera and it's a sporting event. So. Yeah, I think the soap opera element is good. I was speaking to someone about this in the summer, um, obviously with the Ashes series. And I said, what is it about the, the narrative of cricket? And he said, well, you, people can't hide. Footballers can hide. They can hide their true, their true personalities because you only see them for 90 minutes at most. Whereas cricketers, they're out there five days, you know. So you do see them a lot. So you see their complete personality. They can't hide it. Is anyone completely different on the pitch that you've played with to off it, Monty? Yeah, Jimmy Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, he's like really grumpy when he's like bowling. If the ball isn't, you give, don't give him a shiny ball and, and it's not there. Me and Swanee and Swanee will say, Monty, make sure you don't get your sweaty pants. Sweaty <laughs> palms. Palms. Or pants. Yeah, pants, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or on that ball because Jimmy will be really grumpy. And yeah. off the field, he's like really calm, just a nice guy. But when you give a ball and put a ball in his hand, you know, he's like, he's, yeah, he's the greatest cricketer we've produced in, in England.
No interest at all, Andrew. We never brought up with cricket. Um, obviously, coming from Ireland, it was Gaelic games, you know, hurling, fo- Irish football. You know, I call it football soccer, like mm. where you guys call it football, but we have our own football. You yeah. Know? Um, never brought up on it, no. Um, I did try to watch a game. Uh, I've seen it on the TV and stuff, but anything with a stick has to be faster for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, And you talk there about, like, personalities. I'm like, oh, we see their personalities over five days, but just standing like, like well, how can you read a personality is it just like a bit of crack that they're winking their eye oh he's cheeky it's like I love golf so some people then would be like why the hell golf is so boring so I get it like you know what I mean we all have different interests and stuff like that but with cricket I just never got it maybe uh, maybe like they should take a, a lead from Irish sport like hurling like when they hit hit the ball for three it's not going for four and they don't want to run two if they catch a player catch one of the fielders with the and hit them with the bat, they yeah. get the three runs. Would that don't work? I think it's a game that needs to be made more. No, we don't need any more. Do you like a day at Lords, Natalie, or a day at the cricket? You know, I've never been to Lords. Never. Oh, you'd love it's it, the Natalie. Oval. Have you? Yeah. Yes, and I've been to the Rose Bowl. Oh, that was the first ever 2020 finals day. So I don't mind the odd day out at oh, the cricket. Do you know my Lords biggest is problem, a though? Yeah, go on. I can't spot the ball when it goes in the sky. I have no idea. <laughs> Look, a monkey. Yeah, I honestly don't understand how everyone sees the ball. Okay, in the dying moments of the game, we now move into injury time, where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. It is currently Luton Town 27, Stoke City 33. Remember, you're going to be up against the clock, so speed is of the essence. And when your time is up, you will hear this sound. Let's talk about six, baby. Losing side goes first, which is currently Luton Town, Monty and Andrew. I'm going to list a number of famous names who either had trials or played semi-professional football before stardom struck. And I need you to tell me which are true or false. Your time starts now. Serge from Kasabian. True. It is true. Had trials with Forrest, Simon Cowell. False. It is false. Julio Iglesias. False. It's true. Reserve team goalie at Real Madrid, Vladimir Putin. False. It is false. David Tennant. True. It's false. Wolf from Gladiators. False. It's true. Played for Gillingham Reserves, Morrissey. True. It's false. <laughs> Cole Connery. False. <laughs> true. Trials of Man United, Pope John Paul II. False. Oh, true. 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 Oh, yes. Yeah, he was a goalkeeper. Was in golf. Paul Hollywood. False. It's false. Bob Mortimer. False. True. Trials of Middlesbrough. Robert Peston. True. It's false. <laughs> Matt Smith. False. And trials with Forrest, unfortunately. Luciano Pavarotti. True. It is true. Played in goal for Medina. Idris Elba. False. It is false. Boris Becker. True. False. <laughs> yeah. Which one is it? True. You picked the right You've one. Gone you true. The right You've one. gone true. It is true. He had trials at Bayern Munich. Michael Sheen. Let's talk about six, baby. Oh, there we are. Time's up, but I will accept an answer. Michael Sheen. True. It was true. He was on Arsenal's books. There we are. So at the end of that round, you scored eight goals. Congratulations. A good total. And that takes you up to 35 as your final score. You are playing Stoke City, and they currently have 33 goals. Next up, I'm going to list a number of figures from the world of sport and their superstitions. I need you to tell me which are true or false. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. You are an ostrich. Are we ready? Yes. Your time starts now. Ika Casillas wearing socks inside out. True. It is true. Graham Lasso pre-match Pilates. False. False. Go false. Gone false. It is false. John Terry using the same urinal before each match. 
True. True. Laurent Blanc planting a kiss on Fabian Barthez's head. True. 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 Harry Maguire listens to ABBA. False. False. It is false. Beyond Borg not shaving before Wimbledon. True. It is true. Jamie Vardy breakdances in the dressing room. False. It's false. Laura Trott races with one wet sock. Oh, true. It's true. Johan Cruyff spat chewing gum into the opponent's half before kickoff. False. True. Roy Hodgson recites Shakespeare. False. It is false. Pepe Reina ham and cheese toasty before each oh, match. That's true. 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 It is true. Serena Williams wears the same pair of socks throughout a tournament. False. It's true. Michael Jordan wore two pairs of shorts. True. true. It is true. Sean Dyche. You are an ostrich. Does an Al Pacino impression before each kickoff. True. It was false. Uh, I don't think it matters. At the end of the round, you scored 11 goals, Ooh. which takes you to 44, which means you beat Three. Luton Town. Well, 44 to 35 goals. Congratulations. So We didn't gel. We didn't gel, did we, Monty? <laughs> I honestly thought we did. And I'm, I'm, I'm unhappy about this. It started off negatively. It started I, off negatively. It got, it got worse. It got worse. I, and the lesson about the end of the better. It feels to me like when you're on holiday and you're forced to sit with a couple that really hate each other. Yeah. And you think, oh, I'm going to sit there again tomorrow. I did my best for you. You came in looking for Natalie. And I know nothing about cricket. To our winners. We say the crazy gang have beaten the culture club. And for the losers, don't call me a clown anymore, little and you're going down. My thanks to Natalie, Andrew, Monty, and Nick. Until next time, from myself and everyone here, it's goodbye. So there we are, a fine win, Nick. Oh, thank you. A fine win. You, you, every answer was almost perfect. Well, you know, I didn't want to leave any of it in the, you know, in the gym. I wanted it all out today, and uh, you know, I feel we we we, we blended well. You did very very well. And you two, did you get on with each other? Did you like each uh, other? I'm, you could sense that we we clashed uh, culturally, <laughs> sportingly, and uh, with the answers, didn't we, Monty? But I think we've 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 drawn a line over that. You don't seem too happy about losing, Monty. Well, I thought we we were, we were good partners at the end. Good cop and bad cop. I think what's interesting though is I think when it came to the battle, they were they were rivals, but afterwards they've been taking selfies. Oh, it's all fine. Yeah. Each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, my was asking me for a selfie, and like I was boxers, like, "I really respect this guy." Yeah. At the end of the fight, you know, yeah, but only to report each other to the police. But <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. That's the Glory Hunters podcast. Do join us again next week. Uh, rate and uh, subscribe, and do all those things, and tell all your friends. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.